So on this week's programme, we're going to look and see how families of faith are affected by the culture in which we live. Stay tuned. Welcome to The Home Place. My name is Paul Rain. This is my lovely wife, Carolyn. We're from a ministry called The Home Place up here in the northwest corner of Montana, USA. But we know we've got viewers watching from all over the place. And this week we are looking at families of faith and how culture affects our families mm -hmm. for, the, for the good or for the bad. Um, I looked up the word culture in the dictionary and lots of definitions, of course. But the, the one that more fits our study today is culture, the outlook, attitude, values, morals and customs of society. Mm. And, you know, the U.S. would have its mm -hmm. culture. Even if you live in the U.S., you'll know that the West Coast has a different culture <laughs> from the East Coast. Do you, do you remember when we first moved here to Montana? We just thought the whole of America was like Montana. Right. <laughs> and it was then, I think the first place we went after Montana was California, I right. think. And it was like, whoa, this is different yeah. here. We had no <laughs> idea. We just thought. I guess because England is pretty much England, yeah. and that's what we were used to. We just assumed America was like Montana. Yeah, and California definitely does have its so, own culture. <laughs> so we were in for a culture shock as we began to travel around the country. <laughs> but when you think about religion, I, I thought of this definition of uh, culture, outlook, attitudes, values, morals, and customs. Really, that goes for religion as well, for Christianity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could say Christianity is the outlook, the attitudes, the values, the morals, and the customs of the church. Mm -hmm. So that leads us to an interesting little tension there. Well, and that custom of the church is also based upon where you happen to be one country can be very different from another and it's still under that umbrella. Right, right. So that kind of adds into the mix. So you've got the culture of the world with its attitudes and its customs mm -hmm. and you've got the culture of the church mm -hmm. with its attitudes and customs and morals and oftentimes they coincide now that almost seems heretical to say that <laughs> because in a way they're, they're opposites. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but for instance, most of the world believes that stealing is, it's not in the culture. Right. You know, you so did the sheriff who was in our house today <laughs> about the, that very thing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, or lying. Most of the world believes that you don't lie to cops, you don't lie to the judge, you don't lie to your neighbour. I mean, it goes on, but everybody would say that that's wrong. Right. But yeah. the church also believes that mm -hmm. lying mm -hmm. is wrong, just more emphatically and hopefully more... Uh, consistently mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but then there are other things where obviously the church culture and worldly culture just go their separate ways entirely uh, I was thinking of some of those things it's like whoa um, family what we're studying this week really how the church looks at family and how society or culture used to look at family a hundred years ago were pretty similar. Yeah. You have a dad and you have a mom and you have kids and they earn money mm -hmm. and they look after themselves and they look after their family members. That's how it was a hundred years ago. But now family is under attack big right. time. You don't even know 
there might not be a mom and a dad. It might be yeah. a mom and a mom or a yeah, <laughs> yeah, knows? that's right. So now the 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 culture, at least of North America and many first world countries, is moving away from the biblical <laughs> culture, and we're caught right in the middle of it. Um, and creation and evolution. There will be another two places where culture and or worldly culture and church culture just depart each and, other. And really, it really emphasizes if there ever was a time, it's now to be grounded in this word. Yes. Because otherwise we just can be blown all around by the changing culture that's going on around us. Yeah. So as you're saying that, the, the Christian's culture comes from the word of right. God. Right. It can't even, which hasn't changed, it's which hasn't there changed in, all the way. Yeah, and if it's not coming from there, where is it coming from? The latest uh, craze. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Naturally, Sunday after it discussed about culture, um, Sunday was hold fast what is good, and we had a scripture here. Were you going to read it, wifey? Um, it's First Thessalonians chapter five, twenty-one and twenty-two. It says, "Test all things." Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. That's that's kind of like the the baseline text for our study on right, culture, isn't it? Right. Test all things because check like, it out for yourself. Check it out. Some things in culture, uh, it's not worth trying to. Some people are countercultural just for the sake of it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but oftentimes, if we can go along with the culture. It gives us more of an impact on the culture. Mm -hmm. We we don't have to be needlessly right. disruptive. But, but then there are those times when we just cannot. That's right. That's right. Now, I know in extreme, um, I think this is where extreme cases come in. You've got some extreme Christians who would believe, you know, we don't have to pay any income tax mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, they're not taking my gun off of me no matter what, you know. <laughs> that's sounded more like Montana now. <laughs> um, and that becomes a huge battle um, against culture and I think it loses our influence on the things mm -hmm, that do matter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we really have to test all things. And test it by the word. That's right. Not just by our ideas. Yeah. Or as a lot of people do, just test it by what's popular. But then you're testing culture by culture. Right. Well, yeah. and it's not it's not about testing it by what feels good either. It's by testing it by what the word of God says. That's right. That's right. We, Carolyn and I, have lived in three separate cultures. We were born and raised in the United Kingdom. Uh, we lived for four years in the Republic of Ireland, which was 98% Catholic. Mm -hmm. um, and we've lived the last 20 years here in uh, Montana, USA. And, and can I throw in, we also lived for like six to nine months in Africa. That's right. And yeah. if you remember, was... what happened to you when you got there? Right, culture you shock. Were, he was, this guy was, you know what I'm saying, no. this, you were a wreck yeah. for the first two days in Africa because I had culture shock hit me gradually. You know, all the different things kind of came on because I'd been there before and now we've gone out together and just brand new married and it was awful if you remember for two days yeah. the whole yeah. culture shock well that, that that's go. very personal to us but mm -hmm. one thing i just wanted to say to the viewers was in the united kingdom um guns you can't have a gun just a regular person can't you know have a gun they can't buy a gun and mm -hmm. uh, you can't get a concealed weapons permit where you can have you know a, um, a gun underneath your clothing or whatever now we come to the wild west <laughs> and it's like 
oh, it's different here. There's guns everywhere. It, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying neutral on it, but the very, the British mindset is, America is crazy. They let people have guns and they just shoot each other. And, you know, there's all these mass killings. And then the Americans... Hardly surprising because they all have guns. That's right. But then that's the British mindset, yeah. the British yeah. culture. And then the American culture is, you know, it's a right and we have this to defend ourselves. And, you know, I'll die for this one. And so, and these could be Christians in both right. countries. And somehow we're in the midst of this cultural... Yeah. I see the craziness of both sides. I really do but we're not trying to get political here we don't want to get into that um, subject <laughs> but what i did wanted to say is we we have to be careful that whilst we don't want culture to shape who we are we want to be shaped on the word mm -hmm. of god we don't have to needlessly fight right. culture right. on the things where we and culture have something in common um there's battles that are not worth picking yeah up. or there's 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 the way that we live the way that we dress a lot of these things we want to be able to make a statement that we are Christians, but we can take it too far. Right. And then it becomes awful to yeah. people. It's, yeah. it's, it's a complete turn, turn off, off to yeah. the gospel. Yeah. So there's a balance to be had. And Karen and I, as we were discussing before the program today, it's like uh, the lesson brought out in Acts chapter 10, Peter um, was asked to go to a... Uh, Gentiles house and preach the gospel is like no way Sorry. no way is I'm not I, I can't do that because his culture mm -hmm. even though he's Christian his culture was the Gentiles are bad they're unsavable you don't associate with them just just give them a wide berth that was Peter's <laughs> culture Peter a man of God um, and so God had to literally come down God and give him, give jiggle, him a vision. Yeah, and jiggle that up. Yeah, and it, um, it sums it up in Acts uh, chapter 10, verse 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is acceptable to him. This was God mm -hmm. saying, Peter, if, if, they're, if they're living off of the scriptures, if they're working righteousness, don't throw them out mm -hmm. just because your culture throws them out. So that was a real challenge to us it's like that was really obvious to God but really not obvious to Peter so what is it today that's really obvious to God but isn't obvious mm -hmm. to us um, so we just have to examine ourselves right um, and, and like it says test all things right and not test it against what it feels like to me or what my preferences are, but what is the word and what does the word say? And the word says a lot about all of this stuff. Yeah. But if we spend more time in the world and its culture than we do in the word and its culture, it's obvious what we're going to get swayed right, by. Right. Um, so Monday was talking about the power of culture on family. And it started off there with Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16, you, you can look it up in your own time. Just the first three verses is probably all you'd have to read. Um, it's there where Abraham and Sarah, they're wanting their <laughs> promised child and they've been waiting. And, and eventually Sarah comes up with this idea. Abraham, you marry my uh, house servant here and you have a child with her and that way we'll get our promised child <laughs> and you know we'll all live happily ever after so i just gotta say if we were childless there's not any chance in the world <laughs> that you would suggest that i would that. be suggesting that why though this is important because it's not our culture it's not it's not culturally acceptable now there are still a few utah being at least once was a place yeah but but generally in this 
Western world, it is not well, our culture to do that. Our YouTubes are going all over the place, right. so maybe some of you and watching... And I believe that there are some cultures this will be going to where that still doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, obviously it was the culture in Abraham and Sarah's right. day. It's like, you know, Abraham was the man of God. He was the, the father of the faithful. And he said, oh, that's a good idea, Sarah. Let's try it. He didn't, <laughs> you know, because it was the custom. It was, it was the culture. And it just gives you a... An, a taste of how powerful culture can affect us. Right. So, so I have a question. Right. I don't know if I have an answer. But go <laughs> yeah. ahead. <laughs> so, you know, now to us here, 2019, it's obvious that going and getting the second wife is going to be a bad move. Well, to, to North American first world culture, right, it's to obvious. Our, to our culture here. Yes. And I would say from where we're coming from, Britain also, it would, yes. be, it would be obvious that it's not going to be the way to make peace and harmony in the household. Because right. we're talking about the family. And, you know, taking that one step further, Abraham, you know, okay, he did that. But then that culture mushroomed into Solomon doing the stuff he was doing with the, all the women that he had. Yeah, 1,000 wives. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you think you got a problem with one? <laughs> I don't know how he did it. But how he didn't live with them all, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm getting to is so, to us now, that seems so obviously a disastrous move. Right. What is there that we're doing as the church, yes. as a body, in the family, what are we doing that in years to come, those cultures are going to look back and say, couldn't they see yeah. how disastrous that was? I don't have the answer, but I've had the question in my yeah. mind so many times. We're going to put a challenge out to you. Um, you know, whether this is YouTube or Facebook that you're watching this or somewhere else, um, there's an opportunity to comment. Right. So if you've got a thought, I know, I know what heaven is looking down thinking, man, why do they do it that way? Right then just write the comment. Now, keep it clean, keep it nice. Don't be accusative or anything, but just in, in a nice way. Just, we would love to hear from you. Well, I think everybody would. It's because it's like, you know, if we could if we could live long enough to look back and see, we'd right. be saying, just like we're now saying, how could they have yeah. thought? How could Solomon have so a thousand wives? Things. How could Abraham, you know, just go into his wife's servant and, you know, make love? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> like, some of the things I had down here were that culture today is stripping from us is honesty. Mm -hmm. If you're an honest person today, you're considered a little bit of an oddball. A little bit cuckoo. Yeah, if you go back and give the change because they messed up, it's like, what's wrong with you? I mean, uh, they're almost, you're almost right. treated like a criminal. You, you, you know, about two or three weeks ago when we, we sold my bike and we upgraded it to a new one. Right. And they, I had paid $100 too much because I was a repeat customer. And they yes. said to me, oh, you get $100 knocked off the bill because you're a repeat customer. So they went in and they adjusted it. And my bank statement or whatever came back and said that they had deducted everything except $100 off the bill. Yeah. And I'm like, woohoo, this is a cheap bike. Well, I contacted them and told them, and in, in, as a result of telling them, we had to cancel the order and start over again. Yeah. Because people are not used to people being honest. Yeah, yeah. Another, just... another thing that I think culture is shaping us, the church, um, is wealth brings happiness. That is just a general, thought that everybody has under if I had more I would be happier whereas God's word teaches the opposite mm -hmm. you know it, it's righteousness that brings mm -hmm. contentment his righteousness mm -hmm. um, 
reputation is more important than character. That's another one that the world puts on us. It's true. And immorality is okay. I don't think that's a new thing. I think that's what Solomon was struggling with and maybe what Abraham was struggling with. But... Well, and there are some cultures within our denomination right. in other countries yes. who still think that somehow or another adultery is not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even in some first world countries. I'm, you know? I'm in conversation with people <laughs> yes. who are working through some of that stuff. we got to keep it going. Wife. We do. We've got to keep we it do. going. So sustaining families through seasons of change. What did you have for this? Change in the family is inevitable, but not always enjoyable. Right. Just the right. reality of it. None of us really likes change. Yeah. It's not something we enjoy. Like we said, we've been through our fair share of change with, you know, four different cultures and you know, five different country homes. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Not that we own five different country <laughs> homes, but we've lived in. Yeah, it's interesting how culture um, affects so much. I mean, when we came here to the US, so many things are done different. Right. We, we would even say sometimes, the Wild West out here, the west of the continental divide, <laughs> doesn't have any culture. You know, Great Britain has culture. I mean, everywhere has culture, but I guess we use culture in a different, wor a different yeah, way yeah, there. Yeah. But I remember um, we came to the US and it was coming near to Easter mm -hmm. time. And we were used to, when we lived in England, in the country, go to a country church and listen to a live performance of Stainer's Crucifixion. Which is kind of like the Easter version of the Handel's Messiah that you have around yeah, Christmas. Yeah, it's just a, a, a classic piece yeah. of music by Handel, George Frederick Handel. Oh, oh the Messiah's Stainer. by Handel, this is by Stainer. Yeah. Um, and we came over to the US, to the Wild West. It might have been different, you know, back east. Um, <laughs> but we couldn't find it anywhere. So eventually you called the, the Christian bookstore to see if there was a CD. Yeah, yeah. And the guy said, no, no, I don't know about Stainer's Crucifixion. We don't have that CD. Why don't you, if, if you know Stainer, call him up and, you know, see if he'll sell you a CD. Sometimes they, you know, they'll sell you direct. I'm thinking... And I nearly died laughing. Like Stainer died like 400 years ago. You've never heard of Stainer? Uh, from a British point of view, a Christian British point of view, it's like unbelievable. But, uh, <laughs> but there you it go, it's just a difference in the, culture. The culture. Yeah. And, you know, talking of seasons of change with a cultural bent to it. The, the lesson brings out several Bible characters, Abraham, major relocation for Abraham. Right. To leave his home, to go where he wasn't even knowing where he was going. Super big cultural change. Esther went from poverty to the palace. That was a huge cultural change yeah. for her. Yeah, same same country, but now just a different level of society totally. almost, and things are different. Totally. And Daniel yeah. went from you know a good Christian, solid Christian family to a completely different culture. Again, thrown into the palace in a worldly environment. Right. So we're not alone when we, as a family, face these cultural changes and transitions. Right. And I know we've referred to transitions in previous weeks. Yes. Yeah. But it it is a big deal, and it isn't something that we can just brush under the rug and pretend isn't there. Well, and, and just moving on to Wednesdays, um, uh, it was talking about the, the next generation picking up the faith and how culture affects all of that. And obviously we grew up in one age, almost in one culture. Our kids are growing mm -hmm. up in a, in a different age. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were no iPhones and internet and anything when we were their mm -hmm. age. So even though it's the same country, it's almost like a different culture they're mm -hmm. growing up in and so how do you um 
how does this generation deal with those changes in culture? Um, well, I think, can I go to this Bible yeah. first? I yes. think that there's powerful words in the Word of God that help us to do the best that we can to affect that in a positive way. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, you're probably familiar, it says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk with them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Right. It was like the foundation we set in the lives of our young children, and then they are going to grow up into a culture that's different to the one that we set, that's but we right. do our part to pour that in. Yes. And then they have to choose where they take that. Right. And uh, the, the, some notes I had is that, like that says, parents do their best to instill the principles in their children, but the children have to choose it for themselves. But it pains me, and I'm sure it does many of our generation, when we see our kids or, or other kids having to kind of reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, don't bother doing that. We did that. It doesn't work. You'll come to your senses sort of thing. I found a, a, a you know, not found a scripture, but this scripture is kind of in the male gender, but it could go either way. A wise son, it could just say a wise daughter, heeds the father's or the mother's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. I think the, the part of handling the changing culture is learning to learn from the previous generation. Rather than having to reinvent the right. wheel, learn from the mistakes of your parents mm -hmm. or the mistakes of older people and say, okay, well, I'm not going down that alley, but so I don't know what it is. It seems like every new generation has to go back to the beginning and learn it again when they well, could be stepping on top of you know the previous generation in terms of learning. Right, and I think there there always will be some of that. Maybe not as drastic as you know scrapping everything and starting right. over, but but some of it will have to be experimental. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, and, definitely. And you know you didn't come into Christianity till you were an adult. Right. I kind of was born into a Christian home. And so I did some of what we're talking about in reinventing the wheel. Right. Not not entirely by any stretch, yeah. but but to a degree there was right. some of that. And you live with those regrets. Right. I guess. Some yeah. of that is regret. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are out of time already, wifey. Wow. Did you, Thursday. We Do didn't you even just, get there. You wanna skip yeah, we'll skip Thursday for the sake of time. Um, we don't want these programs to get extra long they can get longer and longer and <laughs> some longer. some people want them longer and longer but <laughs> but we, we our target was 20 minutes and we're past that already but uh, anyway next week we're going to look at what have they seen in your house mm. this is uh, that's a, a scripture you remember when well we'll go into it next week um, <laughs> but we're going to look at um, how to make home a happy place uh, here on the home place so join us next week this was Paul and Carolyn and for, don't forget send us those comments, what is it that culture is doing to the church today that we're unaware of? God bless. Bye-bye.